0: Turn, if you will, please, to Job 41, Now we're going to be looking at Job 42, but since we started in the book of Job, we have read every chapter. Now, some of the chapters, when we got into Job's three friends and their accusations and Job's response, sometimes we would take two chapters instead of one, and we would give a brief synopsis or summary of one of the chapters, and deal with the first of the two. Last week, we gave a hint about what God had to say about uh, Leviathan um, after he had mentioned to Job behemoth. We believe both of these um, creatures to be extinct dinosaurs. Personally, we believe that. But we did not read all of chapter 41. Let's read these 34 verses, and then we're going to read chapter 42 and come back and cover verses 1 to 6 of chapter 42. And the Lord will, and next Wednesday, uh, we will complete the book of Job. Um, Job 41. The Lord asks, Job, canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook? Or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Canst thou put an in hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? Will he make many supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? Will he make a covenant with thee? Wilt thou take him for a servant forever? Wilt thou play with him as with a bird? Or wilt thou bind him for thy maidens? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Canst thou fill his skin with barbed irons, or his head with fish spears? Lay thine hand upon him, remember the battle, do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? None is so fierce that dare stir him. Who then is able to stand before me? Who hath prevented me that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. Who can discover the face of his garment? Who can come to him with his double bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they cannot be sundered. By his kneesings a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. In his neck remaineth strength, and sorrow is turned into joy before him. The flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. They cannot be moved. His heart is as firm as a stone, yea, as hard as a piece of the nether millstone. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings, they purify themselves. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold, the spear, the dart, nor the habergeon. He esteemeth iron as straw and brass as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laugheth at the shaking of a spear. Sharp stones are under him. He spreadeth sharp pointed things upon the mire. He maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. He maketh a path to shine after him. One would think the deep to be hoary. Upon earth there is not he is like who is made without fear. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. We're not going to cover this chapter, but you can tell this was one remarkable creature that God had made that we do believe to be extinct in our day. It's interesting that God would talk to Job about him, isn't it? He's talked to him about all of these creatures and so much about nature and creation itself. Then in verse number 1 of chapter number 42, to read the chapter, then we're going to come back and read the first six verses And try to cover those tonight. Chapter 42, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholding from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, you know, wherefore means because of what's just been stated. Because of this, because of all this, Job says, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. For ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly." And that you have not spoken of me the thing which is right like my servant Job. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Naamathite went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters. It's interesting is, we didn't know we had any brothers or sisters living, did we? Kind of makes you wonder where they've been all this time. He said four friends mentioned. Why weren't the other friends gathering around him? We don't know. I may offer a bit of speculation next Wednesday. But when it boils down to it, we really don't know where they've been. Then came there unto him, verse 11, all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a 1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapok. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this, I used to pastor a man that occasionally something would come up regarding trials. And we would speak. Usually it was a Wednesday. We were the last two to leave the church building. And he would would rehearse. Maybe we had learned in prayer meeting of someone in trials. He'd bring up Job. And often he would say, Brother Kevin, I'm glad even in Job's case there was an, an after this. You heard of the fellow standing in the service once and gave, um, gave just part of a sentence. He said, I, I love uh, the part in the Bible where it says, and it came to pass. And When asked about it, he commented that he was glad that trials, they don't come to stay, they do come to pass. We're all grateful for that, aren't we? But I think about that dear brother just now. After this lived Job. In 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. Old and full of days, satisfied. A life well lived. Contented with his lot. And place in life. Saw four more generations. Saw his sons and his sons' sons and their sons and their sons. That's living a long time, isn't it? it's living a long, long time. In verses 1 through 6 of chapter number 42 of the book of Job. Of course here we have the response of Job to God's speech to it. You remember that uh, God's speech to Job is the longest recorded speech of God in all of the Bible. It covers chapter 38 through chapter number 41. God asked Job 77 questions and addressed various subjects. He rebuked Job. He challenged Job. He said, Job, get ready. I'm waiting. I want you to talk to me. You said you want to talk to me. Let me ask you some questions, and I'm going to sit back and wait on you to talk to me. In all of it, God will comfort Job, not by saying, I'm sorry this has happened to you, or let me give you an explanation of what actually happened before the first messenger knocked on your door. Not that way. You ask him questions to allow Job to know that That God created it all and seized everything he created. We've said our last two looks into the book of Job that our faith has a logical foundation, right? I have read through, I don't know what the times, I have read through the book of Job. But coming back through now and spending just a little bit of time in these chapters that cover the speech of God, it's logical to trust in him. I find comfort and hope and rest and in God's speech to Job. What a blessing it is. Uh, My faith tonight and your faith tonight is an intelligent faith. Um, Larry Winkler, I've heard him um, in two or three of the sermons he preaches. If you hear him preach on the church out of Ephesians chapter number three, Uh, in Tennessee, and then you hear him again in the state of Alabama, it'll be word for word the same. He's been preaching that sermon for years. He'll raise and lower his voice at the same time, preach just as hard as you heard him preach it the first time. The difference is the fresh breath upon him, the anointing upon his life. God has honored his life. Started preaching as a boy preacher, Surrendered to preach, and the first revival he preached was at his home church. He was pushing snuff bottles or something out in his grandmother's yard. His grandmom and granddaddy raised him. And his pastor come by and said, Larry said our revival preacher can't come. You want to preach revival? And he said, Hold on, I'll go ask grandmother. He's been preaching ever since. He's from Lenore, North Carolina. That is a very rich area with preachers and tradition. Brother Daniel Trentham. some years back, I was preaching for him when he was at Setzer's Creek. And I was asking him about the Lenore area and asked him, does the area know what kind of preachers have labored here and are laboring here? And he said, the area has no idea who labors here. Other than these men and the people they pastor. So I called some names and I said while I'm here I'd love to see uh, the buildings where they stand every Sunday and Wednesday. I figured when we went by with Brother Winkler pastors that it would be some big cathedral type of a building. It's nothing close. As a matter of fact I was a bit let down in my heart about like when Brother RJ when his funeral was preached. They ought to have to shut the City of Tupelo, Mississippi, down to honor that old preacher. He's been such a help to churches around about and to people. But Brother Larry, I've heard him. I've heard him just wide open make the statement. I don't know what the times through the years that faith is not a leap into the dark. Faith is a leap into the light. Our faith is an intelligent faith tonight. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You remember we were speaking about Genesis 1-1 in a recent Sunday service. That verse simply says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And I encouraged you to go over there and out beside that verse write all else I believe. We believe that. We don't believe in evolution, some big bang theory. We've not lost our minds as a matter of fact, we're the only ones got good sense about it all. We don't believe in Darwinism. Are you kidding me? We believe in God created. He said, and it was so. So our faith is an intelligent faith. We all love Psalm 46, do we not? Verse number 1 and verse number 10 have meant so much to believers down through the years... As does the whole psalm. Psalm 46 verse 1 says God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. The first two words of that verse are words of intelligence. God is. Without those two words, the rest of it, it won't do you any good to mark it or underline it in your Bible. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Hebrews 11, our faith chapter in our Bible. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our faith um, is anchored in the word of God. Aren't you glad you have a copy of the word of God with you tonight? Aren't you thankful you were able when you rose this morning to open your Bible and read from it and glean from the Word of God? You did that every day of your life. It's not a law that would forbid that in our land. And even if it were, uh, you still should keep a copy of the Word around somewhere, a copy of the Word of God, and read and glean from it. God spoke to Job, you remember. God spoke to Job about so many things in chapter 38 he spoke to Job about the elements of the created world surrounding him. Job do you understand? You think you understand. You think you've been mistreated. You think you've been uh, been slighted, Job. You didn't get you got a raw deal, Job. You think I don't know. I'm not aware. Job you you think such. Let's talk about creation. Do you understand creation? Um can you explain it to me? And in all that questioning, you remember we spoke of God's, his wisdom, his creative genius, as it was underlined in that section. He spoke to Job about so many things, the earth, the ocean, the seas, the wind, light, darkness, hail, snow, the rain, the clouds, the atmosphere, and the constellations. He said, let's talk. God also spoke to Job about the animals and birds in the world around him. No doubt Job would have been familiar with all of them that he spoke to him about. Job, do you understand them? Can you oversee them? Can you feed them? Can you maintain them? Can you sustain? Let's talk Job. Job remained silent through it all. In that section, you remember there were six animals and five different birds he spoke to about. And in it all, we're reminded that God... Feeds. Uh, even the raven and, and the hawk and all of the creatures of the earth. Then God spoke to Job about these two extinct creatures, Behemoth and Leviathan. Job's response to it all, verses 1 and 2, he responds with acknowledgement to begin with. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. In this we see his submission. In essence, in verse number 2, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholding from thee. God, I know you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be stopped. He said, I realize that now, God. It's all under your watch care. Even Satan goes no further than God allows. I was thinking about in the mid-90s over in Itawamba County, I uh, met some preachers that I've remained friends with all of these years in Ellisville, Mississippi at a youth camp. The church had sent for 20 years kids down to Ellisville. It's within two miles where Brother Roy Crouch pastors. Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church in Ellisville. Brother Herschel Bragg pastored there for nearly 30 years. They were doing road work while we were on the way down. We were in the church van. It was hot. And those kids got to singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. We sat there so long, eventually they called all of our names one at a time. And said, he's got Brother Kevin in his hand. He's got Miss Cynthia in his hands and went through all the kids that were there. My wife was there as well. Job responds with an acknowledgement. In verse 2, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholding from thee. He responds with wonder and awe. Verse number 3, who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Now think about Psalm number 139. As a matter of fact, let me read the first six verses if I may. The knowledge of God is too wonderful for Job. Job is saying, I spoke when I should have been silent. I don't understand what I thought I understood. The psalmist David would write in Psalm 139, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my fault afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether." Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. God knows all the what's and the why's and the how's and the uh, all about you and me and our lives. Knows all the intricate details of it all. Only he's able to bring sense and order out of our lives, right? Right? Some seated here tonight has has been down some pretty disorderly paths in their lives, and yet God, as his old Brother Fred Vault would say, uh, He has taken crooked sticks and drawn straight lines with them. He has done what we could not do for ourselves. It's amazing how God does that, isn't it? Only God can do such. We may not understand, and often we don't understand, all that's going on in and around our lives, but God knows all about it, and we take comfort in that. Speaking of God's speech, last week when we closed, of course, we were talking about, again, uh, God's creation of creatures, and speaking to Job about it, and Job couldn't answer, and after we dismissed I stepped down in front of the pulpit area into the aisle and brother David uh, he and I we, we were speaking after the service he said when I think about that passage he said I think about George Beverly Shea before he would preach before Billy Graham would preach he said George Beverly Shea would often sing that song and would begin it oh lord my god When you consider where we've been in the past few chapters of the book of Job, do you step out your front door and look around and think, God put me in the middle of all this? Though it is a fallen world, his fingerprint is upon everything in this world. He let us be a part of it all. The fool hath said in his heart, There's no God. I don't know how all the lines connected my life. As a matter of fact, I suspect somewhere above my head is where they all get connected. But I am thankful for the order that God can bring even to disorderly lives. And I'd say with Brother David Box and I'd say with George Beverly Shea, Oh, Lord, my God. What a God we serve. Used to be a fellow that'd say to me quite often, preacher, I don't know why I doubt him. He'd have his back against the wall and God would bail him out again. Somehow I feel brother Ronnie Owen knows who I'm talking about. He probably said it to you too. Preacher, I don't know why I ever doubt him. You see who he is in Scripture. Um, I tell you to make you bow at his feet, make you trust him, make you pray, make you want to pray, make you want to read your Bible. and Read it with wonder. We're privileged people to have a copy of the Word of God. This world's in a bad shape. The United States of America is a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. It's putrefying. When I was a boy, you could turn your TV on, and the Cleavers didn't even sleep in the same bed. Romance sold out of Hollywood. Romance sold. Romance. A wholesome boy and a wholesome girl had a courtship. They'd eat supper at mom and dad's house, her mom and dad's house. Courtship involves meeting her people and her meeting his people. Something that can't take place in a day or two's time. They move from romance, then sex began to to sell. Hollywood and their movies and even sitcoms begin to move that way. Sex begin to sell. You know where we're living today? Perversion sells now. Perversion sells. And it's as perverted as you can imagine anymore. Nothing seems to be off limits. God has Job's attention in verse number 4. Notice with me verse number 4. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. Now, this is not God talking to Job. This is Job talking to God. Listen to what he says. He says, Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. He said, This is what I want to say to you, Lord. He says, Now, you have said to me twice, I will demand of thee. He said, Now, let me say to you now, Lord... I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. What in the world is he saying here? What Job is displaying is a teachable spirit now. God said, Job, I want you to talk, and let me give you some questions. Job had nothing to say. He said, Now, Lord, now I want you to talk, and I'm just going to be quiet and listen. I'm just going to be quiet and listen. Job doesn't have all the answers anymore. The suffering and hardship in his journey has made a student out of him. It will do that for you, and it will do that for me as well. C.H. Spurgeon had this to say, commenting on Job in this particular chapter. He said, The doorstep to the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance, I'd go a little farther than that, where he said the doorstep to the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance, I would add also our own ability. He said behemoth, Job, saddle him upright. He said Leviathan, see if you can control him. Get a group of men, Uh, throw pruning spears, pruning hooks in him and in him. See if you can can divide him and serve him to a multitude. You can't control him. This suffering has made a student out of him, and it does. It does all of us. It does all of us. You remember we were going through the book of Joseph. We said this. I've said it since. Joseph knew what it was to suffer, and he didn't quit suffering until God got all that out of him. You say, all of what out of him? Well, you'll remember even when the baker and the butler was with him in in the prison. You remember they told him, we'll remember you. But up to two years later, they have not remembered him. And I believe God was behind that. And the reason why was because they left Joseph still talking about what them boys did to him back there. He's got to get over it. He's got to get over himself and even his own pain. Those who suffer. I mean, they've been there a little while. They have an advantage over the rest of us. Say what you want. It doesn't seem to detract them. They just march on. They spend their time before the Lord. I've shared with you on a couple of different occasions. Wearsby, you hear Brother Chris quote him. I quote him. He, and an older preacher, when he was pastor at Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois. They kept hearing so much about a young preacher in the Chicago area. They decided at class at Moody Bible Institute one day they'd go hear him, see what all the fuss was about. On the way home, Wearsby asked the older preacher what he thought. And he said, well, he had some good things to say. He was true to the text. He said, but what did you think? He said, there was something missing. He said, he's got to suffer a while. That's the missing ingredient. ingredients, not old enough yet. Some things he's going to have to learn, he'll have to experience. And it's that way with anyone that God is going to use in any measure. Verse number five, Job gives to God his adoration. Look at verse number five with me, please. Verse number five, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. He said, I thought I could see, but I couldn't see, but I understand, I see now. I see now. There's a difference, isn't it, in a first-hand experience and a secondhand experience. There's a difference in running off somebody else's testimony and living off your own. There's a difference in living off somebody else's worship experience and living off of your own. There is a difference. Job said, I see now. I thought I did before, but I didn't didn't see anything. He said, I see now, Lord. I see. So he sees God and experiences his grace all that he's been through has brought new enlightenment and wisdom to his life. A new awareness. I love to be around folk that, are, uh, that have a God awareness about it. I mentioned Joseph. That's what I love about his life. He's, he's God aware. He's a, he has a God awareness about his life. You don't believe it. You don't believe it, friend. 22 years after them boys sold him into slavery, and now he's, he's at the right hand of Pharaoh. He's in charge. And he reveals himself. He said, uh, he said to them when he revealed himself in Genesis 45, the Bible says in Genesis 45, 3, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? Is the old man still alive? And that's Isn't that something? He could have sent a spy to find out if Jacob, his daddy, was alive or dead, but he didn't do it. He said, tell me, tell me, fellas, what about dad? What about our father? Is he still living? After he revealed himself to them, he never had lost his love for his father. Father. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Perhaps they felt like that Joseph would now deal with them after their folly, and they would get justice. Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. Must have sounded strange. You remember when there was a famine in the land and Jacob called the boys and he said they've got corn in Egypt. It's the last place they want to go. Last time they saw Joseph over two decades ago, that's where he was headed. The Sphinx was already in existence. Many of the. Marvels of Egypt were already erected. that ain 't what they were interested in. When they got to Egypt, they won 't know if Joseph's still in it. It's amazing what the conscience will do for you. You ever get in somebody's presence and it troubles you? Because they know <laughs> Or someplace you don't want to go, because when you go there, you're uncomfortable. That conscience won't let it die. The conscience is a powerful thing, friend. Paul appealed to his conscience on different occasions. Rested, was able to rest at night. Told the church at Corinth that uh, he rested. His conscience was at peace. He'd done right, no matter what they thought. You young folk, you ought to make your mind up. You're going to do right. If it hair lips Georgia, bless God, you're going to do what's right. And if everybody turns their back and walks out, you're going to do what's right, and you're going to lay down and snore like a log truck coming through Randolph, Mississippi. You can lay down and sleep at night if you've got a clear conscience. The Bible speaks of the conscience. God put that there. He said, said, uh, now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. He talks to him about the famine, how that there's going to be more famine to come. Then he said in verse number seven of that chapter, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. He said, boys, I know what you did and you did what you did. And somehow through the jealousy and the spite and the lies I've had to live through and walk through, God has still worked through it all. And it's no small matter what God has done. We all, Lord, take recess and shout a while over what God has done for us. He went on and said, so now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. He had higher purposes. That's what he said. He hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Went on verse 9 said, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. In the Genesis account, that's the first time you understand the mindset of Joseph that helped him get through. He saw the hand of God through it all. You heard me say this when COVID was making a good show. I know the devil was up to some things. I know that. I know there were some people who had to be up to a whole bunch of things. But now look, God's up to some things too. And one day soon, there'll be a man that's going to be able to step on the world stage. And it'll be all eyes on him. And we saw in just a few minutes time, did we not? Not that long ago, just how quick everything can get shut down. And if one man had to have the answer, he might be in control today. I know the devil's up to a few things, but now God's up to a few things as well. Do you see God in your life? Can you trace his hand, at least in some of the high places of your life? Job's come to a place of rest. He's come to a place of rest. you remember what Elihu you went back and rehearsed with him. He said, "God is present. God speaks to His people. God cares. Job, you, you've talked like, like somebody that, that don't know God, but you know better, Job, And he called him to a higher place. And Now Job's OK, and by the way, he's going to repent in verse number six, He's going to apologize to God to get it right down to where we live. In verse six, that's before God turns everything. He's still hurting. But he comes to a place of resting, resting in God, knowing where he's at. I read the story again uh, today about Sarah Edwards, who was the wife of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards, many of you know the name. You recognize the name. God used him in the great awakening in America in the 1700s. As a matter of fact, he he was used mightily of God and was a brilliant man. Uh, he had just come to be president of Princeton College. Most of those Ivy League colleges were not begun as liberal colleges. They were begun as Bible, Bible colleges. Study the history of them. But through the years, they've digressed, and now they are liber- they, produce, they produce liberal people in different fields of business, have been for years, and in politics as well. Edwards had just accepted his position at Princeton College as president. He died unexpectedly. He died a month after taking the smallpox inoculation, began having problems with it. He died suddenly. They buried him. Mrs. Edwards, Sarah Edwards, wrote a a letter to their daughter, Esther, who was still grieving the loss of her own husband. Six months prior, this is what she wrote. My dear child, what shall I say? A holy and good God has covered us with a dark cloud. Oh, that we may kiss the rod and lay our hands upon our mouths. It's a reference to Job 40, you remember. She wrote, the Lord has done this. He has made me adore his goodness that we had your father so long. My God lives and He has my heart. I give you quote after quote after quote tonight. Got a study, I've got a library full of stuff like that. We've all heard this, haven't we? Ron Browning Hamilton, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with Sarah, and their word said she, but all the things I learned from her when Sarah walked with me. Just to read it, just to read it, verse 6. And We'll pick up here next Wednesday night, then we'll cover the rest of the chapter. We'll conclude our look at the book of Job. Wherefore, Job says, Wherefore I abhor myself and repent and dust and ashes is what he says he says I want to retract what I said lord I'm sorry and I want to r- repent and to do so in the dust in the dirt in the ground and in ashes on top of that was an outward sign it was a public display of inward sorrow and repentance job got it right he got it right this displays his humility his grief He's sorry for his pride. His friends made accusations against him, but he made accusations, accusations against God. He did it. He says, God, I'm sorry. I was wrong, and you're right. He's brought to his knees, perhaps down upon his face when he does this. Here's what the hymn writer wrote, and I'm trying to get done. I'm almost done. I promise you, I'm almost done. We sing this often around here. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I am the potter. Thou art the potter, excuse me. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. God help us, friend. If God made everything in Job 38 that he said he did, and Job 39 and Job 40. And he takes care of every bit of it. He can take care of you and he can take care of me. We don't have the right to become bitter. We don't have the right. Our faith won't let us do that. We trust him. We look to him. We don't understand it all. But he understands it all. He's far wiser than we are. He doeth all things well. We rest our case with him tonight. Let's stand with this mist.